nature and how many f- one flower or this kind or that kind how many animals we was just looking at a dog show and i couldn't believe how- pray over your man of god father what you have filled him with god help him to be able to pour it out god our hearts are ready to receive truth our hearts are re- ready to receive truth god We rebuke any barrier that tries to stand up against the truth of your word, O God. Let your truth come and bring life, God. And let it impart to us, God, so that we can impart to others. And God, let us learn how to impart in grace. In total humility, God. That what you have, we don't have anything that you haven't given us, O God. And so God, help us to be humble. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, how y'all doing this morning? Amen. Glad to be back. Always good to be in the house of the Lord with the saints of God. Amen. Be able to just see the smiling faces and, you know, enjoy the worship together and get an amen every now and then on the word. Yeah, I said every now and then. Sometimes the word hits us, right? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you right now, God, for who you are and, Lord, what you're doing in this place and your people, God. And we just pray, Lord, across this nation that your will is being done, Lord. We're praying in the name of Jesus for souls to be saved, Lord, for people to grab hold of the truths of your word, God, and walk them out each and every day, God. Lord, knowing that the times that we live in are not welcoming, Lord, to the Christian faith, God. But yet we stand. Yet we lift up your name. Yet we are determined, God, to be the light and the salt that you called us to be. So speak your word to our hearts, Lord. Move all the things out of the way, God, that come, as Pastor Linda was saying, that come to, to hinder or to steal or the word away, God. And help us to grab hold of it. Lord, move me out of the way. Lord, and speak those things, God, that you would have us to hear. Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Amen. God is such a good God. And, you know, we was, while we was away getting a little bit of rest and regeneration, man, we were started to, I saw something that I had never heard of or seen before. Amen. And I was talking to, you know, Rodney Moss, and he mentioned these videos, you know, about the falling goats. Mm. How many of you ever heard of them? I mean, I just, it just amazed me, man. These little goats, if you scare them, they just, they just tense up and fall over. They, their legs just go stiff. They faint. They call them fainting goats, yeah. Call them fainting goats. And if you scare them, I mean, they, it's funny because they sometimes they scare themselves and all of a sudden they just stiffen up and fall over. And I'm like, Man, I mean, it's it's involuntary. It's not like they do it on purpose. I mean, right. sometimes it takes a, min- a minute to be able to get back up again. Yeah. You know, but if you scare them, you see, you know, any kind of way. One was jumping off a, a, a thing, and he, I guess he scared himself. He froze in midair. And boom. <laughs> <laughs> and what am I saying? You know, it's funny. I mean, you probably go to YouTube and watch them, but it's funny. Just imagine if if. if Sin affected us like that. Folk be falling out all over the place. I mean, even when we're talking about you know, even the thought, you know, even you look with the, the you just in an involuntary. Uh, <laughs> some of, some of us couldn't even get a driver's license, right? Just to see some of you just think about, boy, I'd be falling over over here. I'd be falling out over here. You know, so, but, you know, but God could have did that to us. He could have made something that evident, that noticeable, amen, undeniable, and uncontrollable. 
Now they would expose every time we stepped outside of his will. Oh he could have done that, but see, if he'd have done that, then he'd just simply have us following him out of fear yeah. and rather out of love, you know. And I think about, you know, as tomorrow's Valentine's Day, you know, the day we express our love to our loved ones and all that, our, our, our significant other, our wives, our girlfriends and so forth. You know, but, and, but as I was thinking about that, I, I was thinking about the Word of God, the Bible, you know. What is it, really? It's really a love story. But man, when you really stop and think about it, it's okay. a love story. You know, because I mean, the, 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 what is the number one scripture quoted from the Bible? So y'all know it, John 3.16, for God so loved. It started because of his love, amen, and it continues because of his love, Come amen. On. He does all that he does for us because he loves yes. us. Yes. And his only desire is that we would love him back. Yes. That there would be a reciprocation of that love. And he goes right. on to say, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. That's the one way to show him the love. You know, I, I, you know, as I was thinking down that vein, I was thinking about, wow, just think, imagine how that would be. If we could just love God like he loved us. Yes. Amen. See, if I say I love my wife, I'm not going to do anything to hurt my wife. I'm not going to do anything, you know, against our relationship to destroy yes, right. our relationship, you know, but, you know, many Christians today, you know, we have kind of, how should I say it, we have dumbed down, I think that's pretty good to say, dumbed down the expectation that God has of us when it comes to our love toward him. We've, you know, many people have decided, I love him, but it's okay for me to do this and do that. Now imagine this. If I say I love my wife so much, but she won't mind, she'll understand when I go tipping around with Sally and Sue. But she still, she'll still love me. She won't forgive me. She won't accept me. I, mean, I just keep on doing it all. You think that will work in a natural relationship? Jesus. Not very long. Mm, not, not unless God really intervened in that person's life. Mm -hmm. But the love of God is so so great yeah. that he wants to love us out of those places. Yes. He wants to love us into, you know, a true relationship with him. You know, because that's, that's really what it comes down to. It's a love story. Amen. And we, I, I thank God, amen, because he wants to save us from ourselves, you know. So we're going to continue on part two of, of what is salvation. You know, working on that, amen. Because, you know, we, we talk about salvation, you know, but really understanding what it takes, what it is, what it means, you know, why we need it. You know, a lot of times we want to talk to people, you know, as I was talking on last week, we want to tell people they need to be saved, but then we really don't explain to them what that really means. You know, they just need to get saved. You know, I'm praying for folks to get saved, but they don't even know they need salvation. Right. Until, I mean, like I said last week, unless you go you go to a doctor, he wants you to take a certain medication, but he never explains to you the importance of that medication, why you need that medication. You probably ain't going to be very diligent in taking that medication. So he wants us to come to this place, amen. As we were wrapping it up on last week, we left ourselves in a place of being sinners, lost from et for all eternity, amen, and you know, even, I just want to dig into that because I know, you know, sometimes we got to back up a little bit. How many of y'all were able to log in last week? Amen. 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 So, see a few hands. Amen. So, we want to go back just a little bit and recognize that, you know, there's something that we need from God. And I even in, in the homegoing service a couple of weeks ago when I was saying that, you know, talking about how they, Jesus wants to get us to eternal life. Amen. Now, by the show of your hands, how many of you have ever, ever heard or have it been taught to you that we have a, a an eternal or yeah, a immortal soul, our spirit man, we live forever. Amen. All right. Some of y'all looking at me like a coward in Blue Gate. I've never heard that before. You know. You know, but yeah, but that's that's that. But see, we want to dispel that because if we already have Im Im immortality in our soul or our spirit, man, whichever way you want to put it, then he wouldn't be trying to get it to us. 
we don't already have it. You know, I, you know, so many things that go through my mind as I'm thinking about this, but understanding that we are not immortal. We do die, amen. And when we die, and I know Pastor Lynn was kind of just beating me up a little bit. <laughs> not really, but, you know, she said, leave me in my fantasy world for a while. You know, I like, you know, to think about this, that, or the other. But the reality is when you and I die, we die. And I, you know, one, one perfect example I think about in Scripture, and I'm going to get to my, my text there. But when I think about in Scripture, Lazarus, where was he when he died? You ever think about that? You know, the, how, how long was Lazarus in the grave? Four days. Four days. And when Jesus showed up to, to call him out, what did they say to Jesus? He said, roll away the stone. And they said, well, surely he's stinking by now. He's talking about that body is already decaying, it's rotting. Amen. And you're talking about open up the tomb and let him out. You know, I don't even want to go in there and, you know, get a whiff. But he said, roll away the stone. And when he called Lazarus forth, where did Lazarus come from? I heard someone say sleep. Amen. And see, that's what the scripture talks about, the saints of God being asleep. Because remember, when he told his disciples that he had to go to Lazarus because his servant, that Lazarus was asleep, you know, they said, well, he's okay then. Because he had got a message, Lazarus is sick, you need to come. But he waited four more days before he went. And he told them, we must go see about Lazarus because he's sick. I mean, he's sleep. And they said, well, if he's sleep, he's all right. And Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. He didn't say Lazarus is in heaven. That's right. He didn't say Lazarus was in hell. He, wasn't, he didn't say he was in purgatory, which some people teach. But he said, Lazarus is D-E-A-D, dead. And when he got there on that fourth day, when he called him back from the dead, that's when Lazarus rose up. Now, I, I would imagine for Lazarus that no time had passed, okay? But when he's dead, he's dead. And the only thing I really want us to, you know, grasp in our minds that when that takes place, we are waiting. Every saved and unsaved, you are, you are in a place, amen, that you are waiting for God to call you forth. Now, one of the other things I want to just toss out there real quick is if everybody's already been dispersed to heaven or to hell, as some teach, then why do we find in, in the book of Revelations the great white throne judgment? Why, when we talk about the rapture of the saints, we hear the scriptures say the dead in Christ shall rise first if they've already gone to... See, so many, so many things just, you know, it don't work when you say they're gone here or they're gone there. You know, you hear people when they're angry or, or they had a lost love. When I was reading one article and the man was just talking about, well, that person that, that killed their relative, amen, is now they're burning in hell forever. You know, that was their comment, but that means they didn't understand the Bible. Because even that person ain't went nowhere yet because they haven't been judged yet. The white throne judgment hasn't taken place yet. See, so we say these things because of lack of real understanding of what the Bible really teaches. And if we were just standing on what the Bible says, now they will get their day. If they don't get right, they will get burned up. Amen. So their day will come. But we left off in Malachi. Amen. I just want to touch on this again real quick. But in Malachi, the fourth chapter, amen, I want to start at verse number one. He said, for behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven. It's going to do what? Anyone ever stick your hand in the oven? Amen. If it's going to burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, all that do wickedly shall be what? Stubble. All right? And the day and the day that that cometh shall burn them up. Now, when you say you're going to burn something up, what's that mean? It's gone. It's no more. Amen? Malachi understood, amen, to burn it up doesn't mean it's still going to be there. Because right. I mean, he goes on to say, amen, we, we look at it, he said, burn up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. There's going to be nothing left. But unto you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves 
in the, of the stall. But look at them, verse number three. And ye shall tread upon the wicked, for they shall be as ashes. As ashes under the soles of your feet. Wow. So ashes mean it's all gone, right? Ain't nothing left but ashes that you tread upon. Amen. In the day that I shall do this, says the Lord of hosts. So we're looking at this. There's no ambiguity in that passage. It's really plain. Amen. Makes it clear. Amen. See, and why am I reading this and reminding us again? Because again, the doctrine that people are in hell and burning forever and ever and ever and ever. Bible really don't teach that. There's a lot of misinterpretation about that, but the Bible don't teach that. And we're going to get deeper into that. Amen. But get that understanding. Because I think it's important that we understand so that when we're talking to people, we're speaking truth. What was our, what we talked about last, well, our last theme last year, which continues on, was what? Standing in truth. Amen. So this is part of the truth that we got to be able to stand in and understand what really the scriptures teach in these areas. Amen. So, you know, as we continue to examine this immortality thing, it has to be put to rest. You know, understanding that no, there's no one except who? Who's the more? Who's the immortal one? Let's look at First Timothy. Amen. It's just speaking about God and Christ. Amen. And it says, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man has seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. So it's talking about God. The only, what does it say? Where it say only. The one that only has immortality. Amen. That means everlasting life. Those two, those two words are pretty much synonymous. But in order to get there, we got to receive his word. Amen. We got to, you know, get in a place, amen, that we're walking in obedience to his word. So if Christ was the only one that had it, that leaves no room for you and me yet. But he's making room for us to get there. How many of y'all want immortality? I mean, just think about it. You know, in this life, most people fear what? Death. Amen. Death is the big one. That's like, hey, especially if you ain't right. I mean, you know, like we fear death. Now, can you imagine? And when we receive eternal life through Christ, amen, what is it going to be like? I mean, it's, I, I get excited when I think about this. What is it going to be like when you don't have no more worry, no more concern about dying? Dying is not even an option for you anymore. It's hard to wrap our minds around that, right? Because we're, we're so used to this mortality, amen, that we live in, amen. But when we arrive, amen, when we see what he's really trying to get to us, to know that on the other side, when I lay down this, this corrupt body, amen, and I rise again, I will live forever. Can you imagine that? Anybody? I mean, can you really, really? See, this is this, some, this, some, this some heavy stuff. When you think about living for, what you gonna do forever, Robert? <laughs> you gonna play? What you gonna? I mean, think about what you gonna. Because he was saying, you know, we we look at the four and twenty elders in the book of Revelations, how they're worshiping God forever at the throne. Holy, holy is He, you know. And that's why I said to us, is that all we gonna do forever? I mean, not as if that's a bad thing, but is that, doesn't God have more for us? I mean, as she was talking about the scripture, in my father's house of many mansions, I can't ima enjoy my mansion if I'm, you know, at the temple 24-7, right? Just give me a stool at the temple. You know, I'm just trying to make us understand that God has so much more in store. For those of us, amen, who obey his word, amen. And if we do that, amen, we're going to see as we dig deeper and deeper, you know, because times, amen, are, are drawing near and, and we need to really have a, a strong grasp 
of what it is that we are attaining to. Amen. That is so much greater and so much far, so far beyond anything that this present world has to offer us. Amen. That it, it, it behooves us, amen, to hold all these things lightly. Don't hold on to it so strong that you can't obey God. Amen. You can't, you know, seek him and, and do the things that he wants for us to do. You know, and we, we look at how, how, what did God say? What was his perspective on immortality? Amen. As he instructed us in his word. Let's look in 1 Corinthians. Amen. What, what's he tell us? Amen. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, I mean 53 and 54. He said, for this corruption, now look what he Paul said. He said, for this corruption must put on incorruption. What corruption is he talking about? This flesh. This, this corrupt body, amen, amen. He said, this corruption must put on incorruption and this mortal, hallelujah, it says very clear, this mortal must put on immortality so then this corruption shall have put on, on uh, when this corruption have put on incorruption and this mortal have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. In other words, death is no more. No more. We have the victory over death. So, you know, the scripture tells us it's appointed unto man once to die, but after that, the judgment. And, you know, as we, as we look at, he's saying death has no more. We're talking about, you know, some of us, some people are going to take part in what they call the second death. <coughs> See, the first death is the death of this body, this, 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 this natural flesh, flesh suit. Amen. But when that dies and you rise up a spiritual being who walked and obeyed and followed God's word, amen, death is swallowed up. It's no more, you know, on the horizon for you or for me when we operate at that level, amen, where he wants us to do, amen. And, and all that we can do is only by the grace of God. It's, got, it's not our goodness, amen, but it's our willingness to be obedient our willingness to reciprocate the love that he has given us back unto him, amen, and we demonstrate that by our actions. Just like I need to demonstrate my love for my wife by my actions, just not by my words. You know, oftentimes relationships fall apart, amen, even between parents and children, husbands and wives, amen, because the, the relationship is the, the, the connection, the love, the affection, all those things is not being demonstrated, amen, and next thing you know, the relationship then fell apart. And I can roll that back and just say it happens in Christendom as well. Amen, because other things begin to get the passion and the attention and the commitment and the devotion. Amen, and the relationship with God begins to fall Amen. apart. Amen. And, and see, all relationships take what? Work. Work. <laughs> Amen. Because, you know, we, 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 as we just saw, we're living in a corrupt body. Amen. And we know the scripture tells us that our heart is deceitful and wicked above all things. Who can trust it? But too often we find ourselves following that evil, wicked, untrustworthy heart. Amen. And, and when we do that, we're not following God because he said, okay, that heart is going to jack you up. So you better follow my word even when your heart ain't in it. Right? Say, well, how can I do it? Because you're you're following truth in spite of feelings, truth in spite of desires, and truth in spite of the pull of the world. Amen. Truth is what's going to save us. Amen. And keep us in right standing with God. Amen. Just being obedient unto what he said. So, amen. The only way that we can receive the victory over death is to truly receive true salvation from God. Amen. From the Lord. Amen. And the only way that we can receive that is to be true according to his word. Amen. Follow his word. If the Bible says it, what's that mean? That settles it. Amen. You know, as I was, I was thinking last night as I laid down, thinking about the message, and I said, now, God's word is really so clear if we would read it and believe what he says. I mean, it's just like, 
you know, most of us in here, except for our children, some of our children's even, hey amen, we have our driver's license. That gives us a license to what? To get behind a car and drive. But even when you drive a car, there's what? Rules. Laws. Isn't that right? And when you break the law and you get caught, there's consequences. Amen. And sometimes when you break the law, there's consequences without being caught. Come on. Because I was thinking about the most basic thing that we have to look at when we're driving in a car. We come to an intersection and there's a stop sign. Four letters, an inanimate object, but it's standing there and it's telling you, It ain't saying that, but you see it. You know what it means. It says stop. What do we do? <laughs> Pause. Do a rolling stop, right? Come on, just be honest. Come on. We just, yeah, that's kind of how we do God's word. We just roll through it. Yeah, it says stop. I, I slowed down a little bit. I toned it down some, but I didn't. See, God's word tells us in so many ways, stop. Before you get in a wreck. You know, sometimes we run through a stop sign and get T-boned, yes. right? Because you, the other person had the right of way. Yes, Amen. Or maybe you get to one of them four-way stops and both of y'all try to go at the same time. Well, I got here first. <laughs> right? But something that basic stop means stop. There's no room for interpretation. Right? It's not open to a private interpretation. It means what it says, and it says what it means. If we would just do what it says, it will save us from calamity. And that's just as plain and clear as the word of God is. If we would just do what it says, it will save us from destruction. Just making it as plain as possible. If we would just stop. But the word said, thou shalt not. Hmm? He said, that, that's, a, that's a stop sign. He said, don't go there. Thou shalt not, I mean, and he said, if you love me, you know, maybe I'll run the stop sign as long as the car is coming on my wife's side. <laughs> she said, no. But sometimes we, we, we take risk with other people's lives. Because they are those that are following us. Amen. And we have the power. We have the control. But we're taking them right along with us. Rather than being extra vigilant. Because you know their lives are dependent on your actions. And when I say their lives, even your, their eternity could be dependent upon what we pass down. What we, we do Understand, where are we carrying them in the vehicle of life, amen, when you're still in control of what they do and where they go and what, you know, all those things, amen. We need to, we need to just tell somebody we need more stop signs. We need some spiritual stop signs, amen, in our home, in our conversations. Oh, goodness. Help us, that's right, amen. We just believe that, amen, and we follow his word, we will stay safe. We go when he said go. We stop when he say stop. And boy, when you start adding all the other road signs and everything, now you can get from here to the clear to the East Coast without killing yourself and somebody else in the process. But when we make up our own rules, we really don't consider all the ramifications and the consequences that come along with that. So God laid it out for us. Amen. He said, if you just follow this. You'll make it to eternity with me. If you just do this. He didn't say it was going to be easy. He didn't say you was going to like it. You know, and sometimes we like the kid in the back seat. Are we there yet? <laughs> I remember that when I was a kid. You know, are we there yet? We still, I mean, it's taking too long. But see, God knows the timing of all things. You know, we, sometimes we get upset because God ain't moving fast enough. We didn't get our blessings fast enough. Things didn't move the way that we wanted them to fast enough. And we said, wait, well, God, what's taking you so long to handle this, to do this, to get? 
That's just like telling God, are we there yet? <laughs> right, right. Oh, no, don't don't even get me on that one. You talking about them them back seat drivers or them, or them, them you know, they, they know better than you. How many of y'all do that? Y'all ain't gonna raise your hand. Come on now. <laughs> you know, or, or else you over there, you really don't trust the driver. Uh, so you over there holding on, you over there pushing the floor like you got the brakes because you're uncomfortable with the, see, and that's how we, we're trying to do God. God, I'm not comfortable with this. You, you, you driving too slow. It's too erratic. I don't know why we got to go this way to get over there. Why I got to go through this to get that. But he knows all things. If we just leave the driving to him. Amen, when it comes to our lives. Amen, because remember what we said, I'm no more my own. I'm bought with a price. Amen. The life, the life that I now live is not I, but it's the Christ that lives in me by the faith of the Son of God. You know, all those, we, we say those things, we quote those things, but when we walk out the door, it's on. We're going to do our own thing. Amen. So we got to, you know, get to a place that we know what the word says and we stand on what the word says. We understand, amen, God has so much more for us. If I can just get through this brief season of life, because that's really what it is. And you talked about that, that was 90. You've been 91 in mind. Whew, that's not right. But when it comes to what God got for us, eternity? I mean, I, if, if, I could, if I could make any comparison at all, it would be like going out there and picking up one grain of sand and thinking you got it when he's trying to give you all the sand on all the beaches in the world. But you satisfied holding on to this one. Isn't that pretty? Can't hardly even see it. That's how minute it is. But if we just get through this one little grain, we get it all. That's amazing to me. Because, you know, what did we do to earn eternity? Nothing. What can we do to earn eternity? Nothing. Amen? Now, let me say this. What can we do to earn death? You know, we, we, we quoted the scripture, and it's amazing to me how we quote it and quote it and quote it. We never really catch it. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe on him should not what? But should what? What? Everlasting life. See, we focus on the everlasting life. That's all, that's the biggest thing we see. God so loved the world so we can have everlasting life. But the important part of that word is that whosoever believe in him should not perish. Let's put some weight on that part. Because if we don't believe him, we will perish. Amen. And perish don't mean You know, having eternal life in hell. Because, you know, he said the gift of God is eternal life. Right? But in order to suffer in hell for eternity, you got to be living. So that's eternal life in pain. In suffering. And being burnt and burnt. You know, we saw, I guess, you know, people who grab hold of that, that think we like the um we'll be like the the burning bush that Moses came upon the bush that was burned and never consumed it just burned and he marveled at it but that's not what the Bible teaches about us he said perish we already read the scripture said it shall be burnt to what ashes stubble amen they won't have any more root or branch it talks about destroyed but it don't talk about the other part. We don't really have right, right understanding. So we need to know, amen, how to get from our depraved condition. And I'm, you're, you're talking to the church. 
But yeah, I'm talking to the church because a lot of times we don't really understand in the church. Amen. We got to get from those places, amen, where we hold on to the old, hold on to the thoughts, hold on to the feelings, hold on to the emotions, rather than releasing them to God and say, Lord, heal my heart. I give this heart to you because I can't trust it. Amen. And our hearts will mess us up. But we got to get to truth. We got to get to the word. So when we talk about that, we got to look at, okay, what sin looks like. Look, let's look at John 17, 17, because the only thing that's going to deliver us, amen, uh, from, from the, the death penalty, amen, is the word of God. The, the, the very thing that introduces it to us and shows it to us is the same thing that's going to deliver us from it. Amen. amen? 17, 17 says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Okay, so we know the word is truth. And he said, we're going to be sanctified through the word, through holding on, embracing, and believing, and living out his word. Yes, yes. Amen. This is just, this, this, the, this the part we got to do. Amen. Because God can't live it for you. Amen. We got we to live it for ourselves. Amen. So the word reveals the truth. Amen. His definition. Amen. What, what is the definition of sin? Let's, let's look what the Bible says. So 1 John, amen, 3. Verse number four, whosoever committeth sin, yeah, I, I capitalized in there for you so you wouldn't miss it. Whoever committeth sin transgresses also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. Can't get no plainer than that. So if we're going against God's word, which is his law, amen, if we're going against his, the principles, the warnings, the Ten Commandments, you know, Almost every nation around the world has laws that are based on the Ten Commandments. I mean, you, it, it's amazing when you, you look at, you know, the Ten Commandments and you look at civil law, a lot of civil law comes straight from the <laughs> Word of God. You know, and then they expand it, then they twist it, and then they change it and all that stuff. But, you know, you look at that, even the, the, the law of, of bankruptcy, amen, came straight out of the Word of God. Amen. In, in the seven-year period, amen, when everything returns in the seven-year period, now you're good to go again. You know, all these things. So we, we look at this, amen, he says, so that, if you ever wonder, if it's sin, because sometimes we say, well, y'all say this is sin, but I don't believe it's sin. I don't feel like it's sin. God knows my heart. God knows me. I'm going to do what I, If it transgresses the law, it fits in the definition of sin, period. If it goes against his word, amen, God decided, it not even so it's not up to us, amen, he decided what transgressed his word was sin, amen. So we grab hold of that, amen, and say, okay, thank you, Lord. And then we look at John 5, 17. What's it say? All, some. Just when you're not feeling it. No, he said all unrighteousness. See, so the Bible, like I said, the Bible is so clear. That's a stop sign. If it's unrighteous, stop. It's sin. And the scripture goes so far to make it clear, no sin. And it says zero sin. So, you know, if I just do a little bit, I'm going to get a whole lot of pain. Amen. I'm going to get a whole lot of destruction. This is all unrighteousness sin. Look what Psalms 119 and 172 says. All your, talking about God, all your commandments are righteousness. See, when you look at the word just as plain as this, there's, there's no tiptoeing around it or, you know, trying to soft pedal. Amen. What we can and can't do. Amen. His word is righteous. Yeah, that's right. Our unrighteousness is, is sin because it violates his word. Yeah. Amen. So you, the, the, the society may accept it, but God don't have to. I mean, he, he, he's just that, that sovereign, amen. He's that holy, yeah. amen. And we understand, amen. So when, that, when that, we, this unrighteousness shows up, it's sin. It breaks God's commandments. And we got to say, let me turn myself around. Amen. Because why? 
Let's look at what the Apostle James said in James 2, verse 10 and 11. For whosoever shall keep the whole law, doing good. It reminds me of the, the, the rich young root. He said, all these things I have kept from my youth up. Right? But he said, he said, for whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he's guilty of all. So there's, there's no... There's no fudging, <laughs> you know. There's no, well, I get at least one. He said, any, amen. He said, if you offend in one point, he is guilty of all. For he that said, for he that said, do not commit adultery, said also, do not kill. Okay, both of those are sin. Both of those are stop signs. I know he made you mad, Scott, but don't kill him. You know what I mean? When he said, don't, don't do that, amen. But he goes on to say, now if thou committed no adultery, yet if thou sin, thou art, hath become a transgressor of the law. See? So I understand, the law is the law. If you break it, you're guilty. It's just like, you know, you ever, you ever hold just one strand of spaghetti dry and you, you see how far you can bend it before it breaks? You know, the, the one piece. It's going to break. <laughs> you keep on, it's going to break. Amen. See, what are we doing? We're tempting faith. Because why, why am I saying that? Because sometimes we as God's people want to bend the law. See how far we can bend it before we can break it. But guess what? It, 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 no matter how you, what you do, you keep on bending. Keep on bending, and it's going to break. Amen. Now the thing is, with the more you put together, the harder it is to break. Think about that for a minute. I can break this rule, but the rest. But if you just put them all together, and you apply them all in your life, it gets harder to break them because you believe them all. You're holding on to them all. Sometimes you get a whole bunch of like that and you try to break them. Mm -hmm. That's why he said, thy word have I hid in my heart. I need, I need more of God's word. I need more of God's word. I need more of God's word. Because if I'm just hanging out on this just one area, I, I better apply it with everything else so that I'm not breaking it. In other words, and when I put it all together, it's even hard to bend because I know the consequences. Amen. And I'm not trying to, as, as, as uh, Saul did before he became Paul, kicking against the pricks, going against the word because it didn't, he didn't understand what was going on. Sometimes we do things as God's people just because we simply don't understand. And, and God is not going to hold that. To, he said, if you sin, when it comes to your knowledge, if you sin. No, he said, and I like how he said, if. Not when. When means, okay, okay, you, you probably planned it, thought about it, and decided to go and do it anyway. You know, but how many of us have ever, you know, done something unplanned? I don't know, you want to raise your hand? Man, you done slipped up, and then, you know, you, something, you, you kind of found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time, doing the wrong thing with the wrong people. You know, I didn't know it was going to end up. Yeah, but you know what? You know better next time, won't you? You know, because you, you allowed yourself to be naive, amen, and to walk into that place. So, you know, someone ever make you mad, and next thing you know, you cussing them out. Ooh, can bitter water and sweet come out the same? That's what the Bible says. Say, out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speak and say, oh, I don't know where that came from. Yes, you do. Amen. It was in your heart. So you got to get it out. You got to get it out. Release it and let it go. Amen. So so as, as we look at these, I mean, he's talking about transgressing the whole law. You know, James, it's obvious James is talking about the Ten Commandments. You know, he's, it's obvious he's talking about the word of God. What God said, we can't go against. Amen. Because if we go against it, amen. We're setting ourselves up for disruption. Amen. And, you know, it's up to, 
you and I to make sure, amen, we do everything we can, amen, to stay in alignment with God's word. Amen, to stay in alignment with his will. And that's not always easy. I'll, I'll, I'll confess. Because this flesh, this flesh, amen, is, 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 is something to be reckoned with. But it's also something that we can have the authority over. Amen. And we have to give in to it and yield into it because it's it's carnal. Amen. And it, it came from the dust. And the scripture tells us in so many places that it's going to return to the dust. Amen. But but your soul is a whole nother issue. It's a whole nother thing. Amen. Because that's what God died. He said that he wants to save our souls. The flesh. The Bible said no flesh and blood is going to enter in. Amen. So we can we can either, you know, and it's not just physical, you know, breaking his word. But as I, I mentioned earlier, sometimes we, we sin in our thoughts. We sin in our minds. You know, and, and God don't know that, right? He knows. He knows because he's a discerner of what? Every thought. Amen. He knows the thoughts. Amen. And he's the discerner of all our thoughts, amen. So even there, amen, we got to bring our thought life into alignment with the will and the word of God, amen. Because we don't want to fall in that place, amen, of having fallen short because of sin, amen. Because the, the commandment is just not natural, but in Romans 7 and 14, it says this, for we know that the law is spiritual, amen. Think about that, amen. It's spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. So we we got a, a we got a, a struggle going on here. We we have a spiritual law before us, but we're living in a carnal body. So you know that that's sold under sin. Amen. We we because the scriptures say all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All. Amen. So none of us can put ourselves forth and say I'm 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 Mister or Miss Goody Two Shoes. No, we've all fallen short. Amen. Because of this flesh this earth suit that we live in amen so we got to understand the spirit the law is spiritual he wants us to grab hold of it spiritually because you can break the law even in your mind That's right. That's even right. in your mind you can break the law amen and he does not want us to go there so he wants to have a knowledge a good working knowledge because we got to live in this world we got to live in this flesh until we lay it down he wants us to have a good working knowledge of what it is that we're dealing with Amen. And knowing that we don't live for this. Right. And the, the quicker we get that, you know, in our spirit, I'm not living for this flesh. I'm, I'm using this flesh to prepare myself for eternity. Amen. Because I want to put off this corruptible. Yes. Amen. I want to put off this immortal. I want to put on immortality. Amen. Yes. So therefore, I can just live on. Amen. Can you all just, I, I know I asked you before, but every time I just think about that concept, amen, it's just so so exciting to think about that you don't have to worry about an end you don't have to worry about sickness a disease you know a pain he said he can wipe away all our tears i don't have time to go into that this morning but he said he can wipe away all our, if we would just get through this just think about it don't make this the focus of your living because the, the, the thing is to get through this so we can attain what he really, really, really has for us. So we can attain what he had intended for Adam and Eve from the very beginning, amen, but because of sin, he had to say, oh yeah, we got to fix this sin problem because I can't have them going into eternity full of sin. And, and sin, amen, to God, is simply put, as I said on last week, disobedience to his word. That's transgressing his word. When we disobey, I said if we disobey, and we adults, what you mean I got to obey? Let me help you give you a new perspective. You're a child of God. And all children, the Bible tells me, what's the first commandment with promise? Obey thy mother and father so that your days will be what? Long. Long. 
So if he wants us to obey our earthly mother and father, how much more is it important that we recognize that I don't care how old I get, I'm still his child and I still need to obey his instructions so my life can be eternal. Just get that. Lord, help us to get that knowledge. Help us to get that understanding. Help us to, to walk in that so that we can receive the abundance of all that you have for us. We don't want the wages of sin. See, God will pay the sinner for the wages of death. But we want the gift of God. See, you can't earn it, but he want to give it to you. All you got to do is just be obedient to his word. And being obedient to his word means you have the choice. Just like we have the choice not to. And we, there's a payday for that too, but I, I don't want that payday. You know. But we want to receive all that God has for us. So as we dig into his word, as we dig into these principles, I know they seem basic, but without a good foundation, without a good understanding, you can't really build on the rest. Because this is the, the part that has to be solid, especially when we're sharing it with our friends and family and loved ones and helping them understand this is what God wants for you. Because we're going to die and we, we mourn and we, we, we hurt and we cry. Yes, we loved our loved ones. And when they leave, when they die, it hurts. But for me, and it should be hopefully for each of us, the more we understand this, the less it hurts. You know, the only thing that would, that would make it painful is to know they missed out on this. You know, but if we've shared it with them and we've given them that, you know, because he said the word has been delivered and made available to all men. We just pray that they grab it. So that when they lay down this life, amen, we say, oh, they got, yeah, they got something better coming. And when it comes, we can rejoice together. Amen. When we make it, when we laid it down, say, Lord, I, I, I surrender all unto you. Amen. Everything that I am, everything that I have is yours. If you say, go here, I go here. If you say, don't, I don't. Amen. Let's stand. God is so good. He is so good. Mm -hmm. As we're standing, I want to read this scripture from Isaiah 59. One and two, because we don't want to be, you know, in this place because sin cuts us off from God. Yeah. Yeah. Let me say that again. Sin cuts us off from God. You know, he said, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Neither is ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities, your lawlessness, that's what he's talking about, have separated between you and your God and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. So when we're in sin, God has, he can't even, he won't even look on sin. Amen. But he'll hear a cry of repentance. He'll let us know that. Amen. Isaiah 55, 6 and 7 says this. Let the wicked forsake his ways. Notice. He said, well, he, he, he wants us to seek him. He says, seek you the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. See, there's those thoughts. Not just actions, thoughts. And let him return. That means, okay, you were in the right place, but you walked away. But he said, let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Now we know what a pardon is, right? Uh, the, the sentence has been wiped away. You're in pardon. You can go. You're free. And he wants to pardon us from all our shortcomings, all our failings, all our thoughts, all our sins. He wants to do that so that now we can have that relationship with him that he desires to have with each and every one of us. So don't excuse it away. Don't let your heart mess you up. Let's grab hold of the word. We got to tell this flesh, no. We got to tell those thoughts. And what's the scripture tells us? It bring every thought where? 
under the captivity of Christ. See, when you get this understanding, you see all the rest of the words just begins to fold together where it makes more and more and more sense because it's lining up with itself. It's proof of itself if we get it. Amen. So let's bow our heads as we pray. If you're struggling, amen, with sin and with your thoughts, amen, I, I invite you to come to the altar.